I'm Charlie Luxton, welcome to Home Improved, a podcast on how to make the most of your home in this day and age, brought to you by Velux. We explore inspiring home transformation stories and help you get the absolute most out of your next renovation project. In this episode, we'll discover exactly which home improvements add the most value to your home. We'll explore which design choices add the greatest happiness factor in your day-to-day and discuss the renovations that make the smartest long-term investments in a time where we all value stability a bit more than usual. We're joined by Ellie, a mother of two and self-proclaimed serial DIYer who recently took on a renovation project of transforming a run-down house into a bright, spacious and rather stylish home, all on a super tight budget. Hi, Ellie. Hi. You can head to at VLUX on Instagram to see some photos of Ellie's project. And we're joined by Bindar. Now, she's an award-winning property developer, author and mentor. Bindar runs the Female Property Alliance and has over 20 years' experience in the property game. Hello, Bindar. Hello there. So, Ellie, tell me a bit more about yourself. Yeah, I'm a mum of two young kids. I work part-time. My husband works full-time. We live in Devon. We've got a pretty busy, hectic life with two, I think, what are they? They've just turned six and eight. So, pretty, pretty young family. We live here, we love it. We have family and friends close by. If we're not renovating, we're doing country walks. Where were you living before you started on the, on, the, on the house hunting journey that resulted in the property you've just done? So the village we live in is Bradnich and we've lived here for maybe five or six years. And prior to that, we lived in Exeter and then moved to sleepy Bradnich. We've been here for yeah five or six years before we moved to this house. So what was it about the house that you're currently in, in its kind of raw set state that... that made you feel like it had potential and that you wanted to take it on? Well, the potential was was clear as day because it hadn't been touched for, I don't know, probably 30 years. I love the idea of seeing potential in something and somebody else just goes, oh, God, no, take it away, it's horrible. That just makes me even more excited about doing it. I don't know, because it was certainly, it was way over our budget. It was not what we were planning to spend in it. But it was a detached home, quite a handsome home, and in the village where we had had our children and we were still it would give us great links to our family and friends the school was really good so we didn't really want to leave the village but there was very few things coming on so when this came on despite it being over budget and needing more work than we'd ever done it kind of to me was like we had to push push for it we had to go for it because of the location really because that we could be so close to our friends and family so you stretched yourself a, a lot on the budget and then obviously realising that you would then have very limited resources in which to actually polish the gem, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a long, long way off even polishing it. It needed rewiring, it needed a whole new plumbing system. It wasn't just a case of a, a bit of a lick of paint here and there. Was there one thing that you saw in the house that you've gave you the confidence that any money you invested into it, you would see back? But one thing it really had going for it was it had a ton of insulation. That was about it. Everything else... And, and structurally, it was really sound, like it's solid as anything. But yeah, it's got good bones. It's detached. It's got a big garden. It's got lots of off-road, like a big drive at the front. So everything that you would want on a tick list is there. It just doesn't look very pretty. We just needed to improve the way it worked inside, bring it up to spec so it was safer and warmer and more economic. And then we personally wanted to extend the kitchen and make that bigger and make that room work better. But um it's three bedrooms. It would be nice to have an extra bedroom, but we have plans for that in the future. 
other expensive things you can't make you can't make your garden much bigger you can't increase your plot particularly easily unless you happen to live next to a field and have a friendly farmer so it, it had all of that it had all of those ingredients it just had a good feel and we knew that we could make it we could make everything it needed to be it had everything that we couldn't afford to build and all the other extra bits we could do ourselves or we could afford to do those how long have you been working on the the renovation we moved in 2016 and we're still going but the kitchen so when we did the kitchen that was 2018 and, and pretty much bar one room if you walked in now you, it was it looks like a a finished house so we're the bulk the bulk of the way there sort of two years in um, and now there's this there's bits So now we're joined by property developer Binder Desange. Binder, you're an expert in home improvement and really working out what pays off the best in the long run. So what are the key things we should consider when we're looking to invest in a new project? And how do you spot a good deal? There's so much involved in knowing, you know, what is a good deal, because it's always very personal. First of all, know your strategy. Just like what Ellie said, she had a vision to stay there for a few years and to use it also as an investment. Um, so she had a vision of knowing where she wants to go within a certain time scale. Some people never want to move out. They just want that's going to be their dream home. So what is the vision, the strategy? Is it going to be for a capital strategy, just selling on, quickly renovating and selling on? Or are you going to buy and hold and then sell? So know what you're going to do. Also, money. Money is a huge factor in deciding what style of project, what area of location that you're going to be choosing. And choosing the location is crucial. Location for what your strategy is. If it's going to be an investment or is it going to be a family home? And so that is a a major factor. You asked me the question about, you know, what is a good deal? There's a lot of um, things that you can, how to add value to a property so that it can become a good deal. First of all, having, you know, increasing square footage of a property, uh, loft conversions and, you know, the standard um, extensions, just so that there's more space, living space. And also um, at the back of the garden, just some room and office. Is there anything that you would say is a, is a big no, that your immediately sets all your alarms off and you just turn around and walk out the door? Well, if I haven't done enough research, for example, um, buying a property at auction and you haven't done all your research and the numbers, etc., I would not... Uh, some people buy properties without even viewing. So that is a definite no-no. There's also a big no-no is if you... Uh, structural defects unless you know what you're doing. Damp, people walk away. We think, amazing. Smellier the better, (laughs) if you've got the vision. However, that will be a no-no for a lot of people. And then price. Price is really important to make money when you buy the property. I've paid for properties where it's asking price because I saw there's other people after it. Also, I knew the vision of doing the extensions, the refurb, just like what Ellie did. She saw the vision, but she's also bought emotionally because she wanted it to be a family home. You know, it's it's about not overspending, but being 
just comfortable with what your spend is. So Ellie effectively had researched the area because she lived there. She'd walked into a house that had good structure but was tired and needed sprucing up and reinvigoration. So really she'd sort of made some pretty good core decisions at the start of the process. Totally, totally, because she knew exactly what that property, it was a, what stage she wanted to be at and how she could add value to that property to get a return on her investment. So Ellie, you you, you paid more than you wanted to. I imagine at that point you didn't have the kind of funds in the bank that you'd like to or ideally have at the start of a project like this. Talk me through what you did and how you managed to do it with the money you had available and and the way in which you tackled the different parts of the the building. So we probably did it a little bit backwards, actually. The money we had in the bank, that was it. We weren't going to get any extra. There was no loans. There was no bank of mum and dad. There wasn't anything like that. And roughly how much was that? About 50 grand. Okay, we probably didn't keep as tight a rein on the budget as we should have done in those first few months. It was quite easy to say, oh, well, that needs doing. Let's, let's get someone in. Let's get a professional in. Let's get that done. The first thing we did was we had the house rewired. We were living with a mother-in-law at the time. The house was empty. We hadn't, didn't have any furniture in there. It was the perfect time to rip up all the floors. And then there was a good deal of plumbing work that went on as well. That was in the first few weeks before we'd even moved in. Once we were in, we tackled the kids' bedrooms to get them feeling cosy and, and like they were settled. We didn't want them to be too freaked out about the move. They're both very young at the time. And then the next thing we did, I think, is the ensuite. So again, while they're, at this point, there's no carpets, there's no wallpaper in half the rooms, there's, you know, everything is, is pretty shabby. We've done a lot of ripping out of just material things, carpets and curtains and things that had that sort of old house smell. And then I think we started moving downstairs. We've changed the dining room and living room windows. They both have now French bay doors in them. Because, you know, immediately we wanted the light, but also to get out and use the garden. There's no, at that point, there wasn't a back door onto the garden. So that was our, our quickest access onto the garden. For the kids, we could kick them out those doors straight into the garden rather than going around the front of the house. With love. With love, so. obviously, with love. always yeah. with love. You know, <laughs> with a book, not a tablet. And then probably got the hallway done. We ripped all the Artex off and got the whole space replastered and redecorated. And I think by that point, we had pretty much reached the doorway of the kitchen. So that was about halfway through. We'd done pretty much every room apart from the bathroom because we knew that that would be reworked when we did the kitchen downstairs. We knew that we'd have to have a new downpipe and all that would be reworked into the extension for the kitchen. So when we, when we did the hallway, we had reached the door of the kitchen and we were like, right now, we have to tackle that part of the house. At that point, we were panicking as to whether we had enough money left in the pot to do that, the biggest bit of work. Thankfully, we did just about with me fitting the kitchen where, as I say, we bought a pretty pretty cheap kitchen really it's just all the other bits that have gone into it have elevated it and made it look a lot more expensive than it actually was so that's the taps and the the sink and those kind of things that's how you added the value to the kitchen that also i think the layout not overcrowding it keeping it pretty light having open shelving also all of the white goods all secondhand well actually the cooker's not secondhand but my dishwasher my fridge freezer everything like that is all facebook marketplace if it's integrated you don't see it secondhand it but also, that's my bit for the environment. I'm, I'm repurposing these, these second-hand white goods. I'm not buying brand new. We were a bit, a bit back to front, a little bit upside down in our approach, but it worked out in the end. It sounds to me like you did a huge amount of work and you, you, know, you see the photos of the finished house and it looks like a complete transformation. And actually, 50 grand, while it sounds like a lot of money, 
you know, from my experience of a project of that scale, is, is really good value. I mean, how much of it did you do yourselves? You mentioned that you got friends and family in, but I mean, tell me a bit more about that side of the project. Well, I think when we started, our experience level was moderate for DIY. It's certainly, <laughs> it's, it's, great, it's a great deal bigger now. Um, we did get, as I say, we had professionals in to do the rewire, no way I'm going to touch any electrics. It's all going to be signed off anyway, so you, you have no choice but to have a professional do that. The plumbing was all done by professionals initially, and then in, when we did the kitchen, we had all the new boiler system that was obviously done by professionals. But if I could take a radiator off myself to allow for the plastering or to, to change to a new radiator, then I was doing it. And since then, now I'm cutting pipes and ripping stuff out. I've just completed the family bathroom. I did everything in there. So what the plumbing, everything, the tiling, everything, the plastering. No, well, okay, not the plastering. <laughs> okay, yeah, because that's a dark art. I mean, I'll have a go at most things, <laughs> but not plastering. I'm going to put myself on a course, Charlie. I mean, I can't ice a Christmas cake, so I'm, I don't fancy my chances. But why not have a go? Because I've taught myself how to plumb, so I might as well teach myself how to plaster. And if I can't do it, maybe Adam could do it. What were the things that you did, like the smallest changes that had the the biggest effect to the quality of the space and the and the feel of the home? I think. The hallway, we had to knock off all the artex. We had the whole space skimmed. Although that's quite labour-intensive and not particularly cheap, it's one thing. You're doing one thing. You're just taking away one surface and you're putting back a new one and just, just painted it white. But that made a huge difference because the artex was... It, casted, it cast shadows. It made it feel obviously incredibly dated, but it actually was made it quite gloomy. And so just changing that to a flat plaster finish and ripping up the old lady carpet made that space feel completely brand new, really modern. There's a lovely quality of light in the stairs as well. I mean, what did you add any windows or roof windows in that space? No, that's got a very large window on like the half landing. And I did like that when we looked at the property. Um, it's yes, yeah, a really big window and it, it does. It lets lots of light on onto the landing. This made all the difference. And also ripping up the old, we did that when we got the keys, we came straight in and it had, there was old lady carpet everywhere. So all of that came up and instantly it felt cleaner and fresher and more like us. Because I noticed the house throughout the ground floor, certainly in the entrance hall, has got a lovely parquet. Was that below the carpet? Yes, that was hidden and we didn't know. I knew that there was a, a wooden, a solid wooden floor there because I could just, just peek when we were looking around with the agent. I could just peek under the carpet that was coming away. Um, but when we actually got the keys and ripped the whole thing up, yeah, that's, that's all original, all the parquet. It's not in the other rooms, it's just in the hallway. But yeah, that and a flat wall, all the difference. And that's a, that's part of the house that you're travelling in. You're travelling through the hallway, up the landing, all day, every day, you're up and down. So you get that buzz all the time. You know, you're always using that space. What other big changes did you make? I mean, I know you put in some roof windows. Where, where were they and what kind of changes did they make to the space? Well, so they're in the extension. So that was the biggest thing, was that we knocked through to the side return and made the kitchen. It's only a seven metre by three meter extension so it's quite long and skinny but it virtually doubles the size of the kitchen and in doing so we knocks through into the dining room so suddenly we've got this one big room instead of two little dark rooms in the extension that's where the windows are the roof windows two in the kitchen and one in the utility now that room faces the north side of the building it was a really dark room Obviously, the location of the room hasn't changed, but we're doing everything we can to get as much light into that room. So first thing in the morning, particularly in the summer when the sun is higher, it comes through those roof windows, bounces off the walls. And then at the same time, we replaced the bay window to two like French doors, like a bay French door. So that lets light in from the south facing dining room. It's a much lighter space. 
also the flow is better and the footprint's bigger. It's a smart move on a north facing room to use roof windows because you get the light from the zenith don't you from the kind of the, the highest bit of the sky and it's got a real luminosity to it. It totally transforms the way a, a space feels. And what you've managed to do is create space from almost nothing that you, you really want to spend time in. Yeah, it was important that we, would, we could get as, as big a windows as we could afford. That planned the ceiling. Is, well, how many windows could we fit in? How big can we, what could we get? Could we get four big ones? Could we get three bigger ones? You know, and it was, that's why we went for the three square ones as opposed to four skinnier ones I just wanted as as little breaks as possible and as big a sheet as, as of glass as possible but yes you're completely right when we get the sun hitting the wall that's lovely but even without that even on an overcast day there is light coming into that space that otherwise wouldn't penetrate the house I'm interested in the choice of the kitchen because you've gone for some you know very punchy sort of dark colors both in the kitchen and all through the you know, through the architraves and the skirting boards and the doors so they're quite a, a you know a very contemporary but quite a personal decision were you slightly concerned that you know, while it looks fantastic, that actually when it comes to selling it on, are you limiting your market through that through that move? I'm really aware of that, and I, but I don't lose sleep over it. My husband said, right, we're going to be in this house for 10 years. I have never agreed to this. I've never signed anything. <laughs> However, we've been here almost five years, so we are going to be here longer than other houses. So it's important for me to do something a bit more us and a bit more a bit braver. Certainly in the last couple of houses we've had, they've been much more muted, you know, much more generic. And although it's really pretty and I like that, I think it's nice, it's exciting to do something different each time you move on. But at the end of the day, if we come to sell this house and no one's coming through the door because it's got black architrave and black doors, I'll paint the architrave doors. I'm not bothered. Move on. Um, yeah, I'll paint it. It's not mine anymore. I want to sell it. You know, long before the kitchen came in, I was painting the architrave uh, black and the drawers black. That was long before I learned how to plumb. That was long before I fitted the kitchen. So I guess I'd already made peace with it then thinking I really like it and we're going to be here long enough that I will enjoy it and they may well need redecorating before we come to sell it anyway. Um, but certainly now, yeah, that just that just put even more fire in my belly. Well, I'll just repaint the thing, you know, I don't. So <laughs> Chuck it around. Chuck it, whatever. Door, I'll just a fit a new kitchen. How has it transformed your, your family life? Has it, I mean, has it made a big difference? Yes, it has. But the dining room and the kitchen, certainly, because my husband, I'm the DIYer, he's the chef. So Every mealtime, breakfast, lunch, dinner, he's in the kitchen. So before when the kitchen was this little dark, horrible room, he'd be in there, we wouldn't see him. The kids would be like watching TV in the front room or, oh no, they were reading books, Charlie. I, you know, they were reading all the time. They never watched TV. <laughs> they, they were not on devices. <laughs> they were, they were, they were not on a screen. <laughs> we, we were all separated and I was in the dining room working in there. So from that point of view yes now we are we're in a space that we share more the front room is separate so we can still make the children read in the front room if we need you know a bit of a bit of quiet time but like for example my husband at the moment the only home office we have is at the dining table so he's there but it's been lovely because he's sat at the dining table working the kids come home from school and he's right there they can say you know we're all mixing in together he can chat with them while I make them an after school snack and then we can scurry them away but, you know, while he's carrying on working. But it means that we're all together. Or if, if, if he's making dinner, the kids could be doing their homework and chatting or when we could have friends over, that was great. Everybody just congregates. Even though the front room is where the sofas are and it's the more comfortable space, 
in terms of lounging, everybody just congregates in there, around the island, around the dining table. You put the low lights on, the pendants, it's quite atmospheric. And also because we have the doors in the dining room, we can open them up into the garden. So evening, daytime, winter, summer, that's where everybody hangs out, family and friends. It's easier for us to, to be together and share a space. Fantastic. And, and a, lot of, a lot of good... Uh good DIY work done by yourself. So, I mean, how do you feel when you go into the bathroom and you turn on the tap and you're like, I plumbed that. That's my magic that's making this water come out of here. Really, really proud slash terrified. So <laughs> I, 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 Buckets every, at the ready. Exactly. Like the kids, if the, time, if the kids are desperate to have a bath because they haven't had a bath for, what, two years. So they were thrilled to be able to have a bath again. But I was, I was sat downstairs in the kitchen just like watching the ceiling with big eyes, <laughs> thinking like, how quickly could I get to the tap to turn the water off? But uh, so far, no brown stains. So, so, so far, everything's fine. But that's, yeah, it's, it's, I've learned, you know. But the thing is, if there is a problem, I feel a lot less freaked out about fixing it. I know now. I'll whack the water off there. Worst case is I'll have to go through the ceiling, cut the pipes. I think having done it, the whole thing is a lot less scary now. So even if there's a problem, I'm a lot less scared by that. It's not a case of in a panic phoning a plumber again. I know how I could probably fix it. I think that's one of the great advantages of doing DIY that people underestimate is that if you've done it, you know how to fix it and you feel empowered and you feel like you're controlling the home, not the home controlling you. And I think that's a huge, huge benefit. Mm, it is. I think people are a bit scared to phone professionals sometimes. They might feel like they're getting a bad deal or, they're, or they've, it's, you know, you have no choice but to get someone in. When can they come? Can they come straight away? Meanwhile, your house is flooding or you can't use the bathroom or, you know, I, I think knowing the fundamentals it is it's it's empowering as you say and it gives you confidence and I think and it's yeah it, not only am I really proud of myself I do feel you know safe and and confident if there was a leak in the middle of the night I know what I could do I know how I would at least stop it and then potentially fix it the next day and, and at the end of the day I haven't upset the, the builders or the plumbers I can always call them they can come and help me out So, Binda, what do you make of the, the renovation that Ellie's done? Overall, the project is excellent because she's created something that was run down and taken it into a beautiful family, homely, fresh-looking, spacious and interesting. I say interesting because of the choices of um, colours of her you know, kitchen units. That is bold. I really wanted to get your take on that because that, that is a, a sort of slightly Marmite choice, I might say. I love that kind of stuff. We know when I'm designing houses for people, I make those kind of decisions all the time. But are they the right decisions if you're trying to maximise value? Interestingly, the colour of Ellie's choice is up and coming. It's a good choice. But also what Ellie was saying was um, if the sellers don't like it, buyers don't like it, well, she can always get them changed because they're just doors. It is very modern. I love the idea how she's put knocked down and made the, the kitchen into a kitchen diner to create space and create that family environment and uh, make sure that she can keep an eye on the children or the husband can keep an eye on the children whilst cooking and they can do their homework so it becomes very nice and family orientated rather than disconnection. It strikes me that that's one of the the really good moves about this project is that it's taken a house that looked very cellular when uh, Ellie bought it i.e lots of you know quite traditional layout little room little room corridor little room 
and actually created that one big flowing space that nearly all of us are really desperate to have and yeah. and you know brought light into to the north side of the house through the roof windows. I mean, there's some really good structural moves here, aren't there? By putting the windows, bringing light, that adds value to a property. The Vulux windows uh, adds value to your property because people love fresh looking, not dark and dingy, and they're not expensive either. So that's add value and opening the doors, the French doors, going into the garden, from the hallway, the kitchen diner, and into the garden, it's very flowy. Can I be totally honest here for a second? Um, I've never uh, sold a house. I've only bought a house and then just kept working on it and working on it and working on it. I have no idea how you separate this idea of doing something that you love and are passionate about, but also making it appeal to everyone. I mean, is that something that you're constantly aware of, Binder? Or do you think, I try and create something that I'd, I'd really like, but keep it within the sort of 60, 80% of what other people might like? I, I'm always, I'm interested in that, that sort of juggling. It goes back to the planning stage and your strategy while you're doing it. If you're going to buy it for 10 years, you need to put your own stamp on it, your own mark. Otherwise, you're living there for 10, thinking it's an investment, but you haven't really lived in it emotionally. So it's about the right buyer will buy the property. They will fall in love with the vision of what they can do. But it's always good to leave something for the next person, how they can add value. Otherwise, they may not buy it because they're thinking, I can't add value unless they're the type of people that don't want to do anything. What do you think, Binder, are the main moves that Ellie has made that will add value to this property? The main moves are the hallway, created light, space, and the kitchen diner is created a lot of space in there, and the plumbing, the electrics um, have added value, the windows, the um, ceiling windows, that's added value. Because I'm interested in the design, because I think Ellie's obviously got a very developed design aesthetic, and the eye is, is great, it looks lovely. Do you think that adds a lot of value, or is that a, quite an intangible thing? It can be an intangible thing, but it's a selling point. So get people through the door, basically. Yes, yes. Because I think one of the clever things about this project is that, Ellie, you said you only added about 20 square metres. I think you said it was seven by three or something. Yeah. But the transformation in the sense of space is just enormous. I mean, it feels like it's double the size. Uh, you know, the usable space is, is the thing that you've managed to massively grow, isn't it? That's the major thing. It's, as you say, it's not a huge space, especially when you split that between the kitchen and utility. So it's not even all that square meter, which hasn't even just gone into one room that's split over two rooms. But in doing so, we've lost um, a, a wall that had a window and a door on it. So we've, we've gained an extra wall for units. £50,000 for renovation project is absolutely amazing, I have to say. You should be very pr- extraordinary, very, very proud of yourself, you should be. If you were going to do this project again, I know you're not at the end of it, but if you were going to tackle it again, uh, how would you change the order? I think we would definitely tackle the biggest project first, the kitchen and the, and the extension. Because the thing is, you can budget all you like and you can do your, your spreadsheets. There's always going to be the unknown. You're always going to have extra costs. So I think until that work is done... You don't know how much you've got left because, you know, because there's always going to be the unknown. So I would get that big work done so that we knew how much budget was left, so we could tackle everything, that the less important things we can tackle as and when they needed doing, 
also there'd be so much disruption for the house that would make sense that you could do all the other work at the same time you might as well turn the whole house upside down for your rewiring and and things And, and it's better value to get the electrician in once to do all of that rather than to come every six months to do bits and pieces so yeah I think we would start with the biggest thing first the messiest dirtiest thing first and then and do room by room and work down and hopefully as you get further along each project gets a bit smaller and a bit cheaper so what I'm interested in is what did you spend to buy the property? It was listed at 415, 415,000, and then it got reduced to reduce to reduce. It sat on the market for a little while, and we ended up buying it for 375,000. Okay. And then you spent 50, so you've spent th- sort of 45 in total. Yeah. Yes. Do you know, do you have a sense of what you think it's worth? In fact, Binder, I'm going to ask you, do you have a sense of what it might be worth? Well, it depends on the location, but also because of the market and everything, I'm guessing about 600. Ellie, what are you thinking? Well, it's only a three bedroom, but we have got plans to do, we have a garage and um, a shed, like an outbuilding. If we can make that an annex, I think we'd be, yeah, we'd be over, just over that. I think as a three bedroom, I think it could be yeah, five, 550s up to, the, yeah. up to near six. What about the project makes you most happy now that you're, you're pretty much at the end? I'm incredibly proud about the whole thing as as a whole. I think walking through the front door, it's it feels like a really spanky family home. It feels very grown up for us. Uh, but I think the kitchen dining room, that space where we all hang out together, it's so light and it's such a contrast to how it originally was. That's definitely my favourite part of the home. And that makes you smile. I think it's really important that you smile every time you come home. I think if you've done that, you're winning, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I pinch myself walking, even walking to that kitchen in the morning to make a cup of tea. I still think, crikey, this is so different to how it looked. We did it on such a, a shoestring. We did so much of it ourselves. Yeah, it, it's still now, a couple of years later, it still gives me a massive buzz. For me, this is a wonderful project, a fantastic transformation. What I really love about it is that without adding a lot of space, you've created something that's so much more usable. You've made the space really work efficiently. And all of the new areas that you've added have got a really different feel and character to the smaller rooms of the original house. And I think that's a always a brilliant thing to do. When you add space to a building, make sure that it feels different to the existing structure. I also think you've worked really well with the period features that you had in the house. I mean, most of the doors are already there. You've you know, uncovered these lovely floors and you've brought those up beautifully. You've taken plaster off walls to expose brickwork. And, you know, you've been really savvy with some simple solutions, bold colours, and just to bring in light and just keep it simple. It's a masterclass for me on how to spend not a lot of money, but to get a hell of a lot of value. So I've learned a lot. And actually, I've had a really wonderful chat with both of you. So thank you very much for joining me. And good luck going forward, Ellie, with the next phase of the build. Thank you very much. I'll let you know how I get on with my plastering. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. good luck with the plastering. It's a dark art. (laughs) And thanks, Bindar, very much. Your insights have been really helpful. Thank you. Remember, you can see photos of Ellie's project on the Velux Instagram page. And thanks to you for listening to Home Improved, a home improvement podcast from Velux. Subscribe now to make sure you never miss an episode. Goodbye.